Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, and we have a great show for you today with Brandon Convery, who is the eighth overall draft pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs in the 1992 NHL Draft. I also bring on Alexis Downey, who will be joining me for every intro to this show to discuss what's going on around the NHL. I'm going to talk about Igor. I'm going to talk about Foxy's new contracts. We've got all that and a lot more. So let's get into it. So the Rangers play tonight, Friday night, in Edmonton at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. They have not announced who the starting goalie will be yet. I think it's going to be Igor Shosturkin again because it is a back-to-back weekend. They play tomorrow in Calgary at 10 p.m. Eastern. I think Gurgia will get the start for that game. Um, as far as the goaltending situation goes, Gerard Gallant doesn't like to release who will be starting until right before the puck drops. So uh, it's hard to kind of talk about and, and tell who's going to be starting in that. But my guess is Igor Friday night versus Edmonton and Georgiev Saturday night versus Calgary. These are two games that are going to be really tough for the Rangers to win. Edmonton has looked really good as of late. McDavid is being McDavid. Dreisaitl is being Dreisaitl. And Calgary's been rolling too. Calgary was on a six-game winning streak until their overtime loss against Nashville the other night. Um, Calgary does play again tonight as I'm recording. So don't know if they won or lost yet. But... It's going to be a very tough test for the Rangers going to the province of Alberta in Canada, but hopefully Igor Shosturkin can stand on his head once again. Uh, he played great in Vancouver, but we're seeing it. Uh, you know, Igor is a great goalie, but goalies can't win you every single game. You got to score more than two goals if you want to win and you want to be a contender. So hopefully the Rangers offense can pick up. We've seen Panarin start to find his game a little bit. Sabanajad's been scoring, um, and Foxy's been even better than last year somehow. And that seven-year, $9.5 million contract, Looks really good. I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about it. Um, you know, every Ranger fan's pretty much in agreement that this was a no-brainer to lock him up for a long-term deal. Uh, it's where he grew up. It's where he wants to be. It's his home. So we're happy to have him. Honestly, it's just so nice to be able to witness his career for the next seven, eight years in New York and, and just watch him grow and watch him get better as a hockey player and, and grow as a person. So very excited for him on that brand-new contract. And uh, we all know he's going to do amazing things. So two big games, Friday night, Saturday night, and then the Rangers are back at home on Monday against a very, very, very good Florida Panther team. So three tough tests for the Rangers the next three games, two on the road and then one at home to finish it up in this little three-game segment. I'm honestly hoping, as a positive Ranger fan, I'm hoping we take one out of the three. If we can squeeze out a point in Edmonton or in Calgary, that'd be nice. Um, I'm not expecting the Rangers to win both games, but uh, taking three out of four possible points would be a win for sure. Like I talk about every week, Blue York is a fan-made brand that makes customized designs, content, and apparel for the blue shirts. I'm currently wearing the Blue York right hat. It's a little trucker hat with the mesh back. I love it. I wear it to every game, and I'm going to the Ranger game Monday, and you'll probably see me in this hat on Monday night at Madison Square Garden. But check out their website, IamBlueYork.com. That's I-A-M-B-L-U-E-Y-O-R-K.com. And use code Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y, to get 15% off of everything on their website. 
Without further ado, I'm going to send it over to Alexis Downey. So moving forward, we're going to have a familiar guest on here, but now she's more of a host, co-host with me. Alexis Downey from Stadium is going to join me for every single intro to kind of go over what's going on around the NHL because I obviously focus on the Rangers solely, and it's nice to have another set of eyes and a fresh perspective on everything going around the everything going on around the NHL. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome my friend Alexis Downey. Hey, thanks, Johnny. How are we doing today? How's your, how's your day been going? I am honestly, you can't tell right now, but I'm sweating my ass off. It's probably like 75 degrees in my house right now because it's freezing in New York. I'm sure it's probably colder in Chicago, but uh, yeah, you know, it's actually feeling like fall now. And I mm-hmm. don't think I've been prepared for this uh, no, because not. I was just in Boston recently and it was like in the sixties. And now I'm like, what is this 40 degree weather? I cannot, mm-hmm. cannot deal with it yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm so like over the cold. I'm like, I'm already, I feel like I'm 60 years old already. Like I'm ready to move to Florida and kind of settle down and, and, and be fine. All quiet. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that, but um, it, it was a really busy day in the NHL and that headline today, Jack Eichel. We've been waiting for this trade to happen. It finally happened. Eichel to Vegas. I mean, could he have ended up in a better city? He wanted somewhere that was going to bring a little bit more life to the table than Buffalo. And I think that Vegas is probably a really great fit for him personally. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I'll start with a little bit of the trade details. So Vegas will obviously be getting Jack Eichel and a 2022 third round pick. And the Sabres are getting Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, and a 2022 first round pick and a 2023 second round pick. So quite a bit on the table. And I, for one, um, am a fan of this this trade. I think that Jack Eichel is going to fit in really well with the Golden Knights. They've been looking for that top center. um, And I think it's going to be a great fit. What do you think, Johnny? I think that the Sabres are total losers on this. Yes, <laughs> I, mean, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, great for Eichel. Like, obviously, you know, everyone's also concerned with his health. Like, he can get that surgery he wanted. But if you're Buffalo and you waited like six months to do this, and I saw, you see the rumors uh, going around yesterday about the Matthew Kachuk Calgary Flames deal that was off yeah, of the Buffalo? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Like I thought it was going to happen, honestly. I, I was like, oh, wow, he's going to the Flames. Interesting. I also feel like him though. He, I don't think he would want to be in Calgary. Not that I know no. him personally, but a kid from Boston <laughs> who likes to party, you know, saw Vegas, saw Calgary, and probably told his agent Pat Persone, "Hey, man, get me to Vegas." <laughs> like, uh, you know, as far as like what I think of the trade, I think it's great for the league. Like I've been saying, you know, for the last three years, that's Vegas's year to win the cup. So, you know, now I look better when I say it again. So, um, <laughs> I'm saying it's Vegas's year until they win. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when you look at their, their track record, they're, mm. they're going to win it at some point. And, mm. um, when they do, I hope I'm in Vegas for it because that would be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And people are saying like, poor Alex Tuck, like sucks to be him, which it kind of does, but, <laughs> uh, people don't know I think he's from Syracuse, New York. So he kind of has like a little homecoming, which is nice. So, you know, I'm sure that's nice for his family. They can probably come to more games because obviously his family's I'm sure not going out to Vegas every weekend. So yeah, probably not. I think Buffalo hasn't looked that bad. No, no. You know, they've been a surprise this season. I, uh, I certainly didn't think that we were going to see the play out of them that we have, Mm -hmm. but I think one of the really great things for Jack Eichel in this situation is he's going to get the surgery that he wants, Mm -hmm. which is so important. I mean, it's his body, you know, he, you want what's best for the players in the long run. And the fact that likely this surgery is going to happen at the end of the week, it sounds like per Emily Kaplan today on the point, that's what she was saying. He hasn't mm-hmm. picked um, his surgeon yet, 
but it'll be then an eight week recovery, um, from the surgery. So we could see him back on the ice. Like, I think that's kind of fairly soon. What is that? Like January that puts us at. So, Mm -hmm. um, pretty exciting on that end, but you know, another, another thing that's kind of on the list for us, we're out in Vegas. We're going to move to the avalanche because that's something that those two teams have been so competitive with each other and the avalanche have really fallen off. I mean, so far this year, they're sitting at four, four and one right now, kind of in the middle of the Pacific, something that I didn't think was going to happen, but injuries are just killing them. And I think that that's why they're obviously in the situation they're in, but they're expecting to get some of these guys back soon, but I'm not counting them out. I I think that they can still be a contender in the long run. I mean, obviously, yeah, they're still the Stanley Cup favorite. They could definitely be a contender. Uh, but we're talking about somebody too, Nate McKinnon. I think he has one goal in his first seven games. He's probably feeling the after effects of COVID a little bit. Um, you know, we, he missed those first couple games due to COVID. And we saw it last year. And obviously, you know, I'm going to focus on the Rangers here for a second. But Mika Zibanejad last year missed the first couple games of COVID. And he didn't get going until late in the year. So I wouldn't be surprised if McKinnon struggles for another couple weeks maybe. And then, you know, kind of finds his footing and gets going. But uh, I actually, I got to plug myself because I do write for the Action Network for NHL betting. And I did take the Columbus Blue Jackets on Wednesday night in Colorado because I knew there was no McCarr, no Rantanen, no Burkowski, and no Devon Taves. So this Avalanche team is missing a lot. But, uh, you know, they can figure it out late in the year and, and they could certainly, certainly make a run for the cup. So they're meeting again on Saturday. What do you think about that matchup? Columbus and, and Colorado? Yes. I did not, I didn't even know that. Um, in Columbus. <laughs> Yes, I don't know. I mean, depending on uh, on how the roster looks, I'll have to check on Friday night or Saturday morning. But I'm going to take Columbus again. Elvis Merzlik- Elvis Merzlikens has been incredible. Um, you know, yes. probably one of the top five goalies in the league right now. So anytime he's in net, Columbus is a safe pick. You know, and I, it sounds like that uh, Miko and Berkey have been, uh, they were skating this morning for the Avs. So mm. it sounds like they could be in the lineup along with Devin Taves. So I don't know. It could be, could be a toss up for that game, but obviously if that's their first game back from being a day-to-day injury, um, they might not be on their best. So Mm -hmm. that'll be a good matchup to see on Saturday. Um, something that has been talked about so much this past week, very difficult subject, Chicago Blackhawks, Kyle beach, everyone involved in it being in Chicago. It was just absolutely gutting to see that interview with Kyle beach, but I'm, I'm so happy for him that he's able to speak up now and the amount of courage that took for him. I have chills just talking about it every time because I just, I feel for him. I feel for everyone that has been, you know, um, that has been affected by, you know, this whole situation. Um, and I, I hope that this is a wake up call for the NHL because the culture of hockey really needs to change. And as a female in this sport, I, I hope that it can change. Like I, I would like to somehow make an impact as I work my way up in this industry as well someday. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean to transition, but just on top of being a woman in hockey, I don't know if you saw the other video that surfaced today too of the female goalie that was getting like screamed at. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, yeah. that was pretty bad too. And it's a high school level too. You know, that's yeah. where kids got to learn. Like that—that's the those ages that kids should be learning 
what the right things to do are. And the fact that they think that's okay to say those things to a female referee is, I just, it's not good. It's not yeah. good. And I, I, I didn't mean to transition, but I want to circle back now uh, to, yeah. you know, Chicago, you're obviously more involved with the organization than I am. Um, I kind of touched on my own opinion, opinion of it last week, but you know, just the response to the Blackhawks and the response to the NHL hasn't been all that justifying, I guess is the word, um, you know, for you, how do you feel it's been handled? And, you know, obviously they've taken Brad Aldrich's name off the cup, which was a step in the right direction, but, you know, being so close to it for you, how have you felt about the response? It's been really difficult to watch. Um, the first broadcast of the, the, so the they played the night that they played was the same day that Kyle beach had his, um, interview on TSN and just seeing them on the ice. I understand that some of those guys on the ice, you know, weren't involved, but you know, you have Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, like there are those guys that were involved. And then some of the comments that they made after in the press conference and granted, I know that they've come out now and said that, um, you know, maybe we weren't in Jonathan Taves specifically, like maybe we weren't in the right. I didn't portray that the right way, mm -hmm. but it's been, it's been very difficult to watch. I, I don't think that, like, I think the Blackhawks just like really need to start over. It's, it's, it's gotten to a point where like, how do you even trust an organization? Granted, these people are all gone, but like how, if they have that history, like they always say history repeats itself if we don't learn from it. So, um, I, I had a hard time with it personally, but I mean, like whatever they say, they're also going to get backlash for. Um, so it, it's just been interesting to watch how now they're going to move forward from this. Um, and hopefully, you know, everyone, I, I really specifically liked what the, the Boston Bruins came yeah. out and said that they, mm -hmm. they, as a team watched Kyle Beach's interview to learn from it. And I th think that that was such a powerful thing to do. And then to come out and share that they you know, felt how important it was to learn together. I just hope that other teams are able to learn and including the Blackhawks and just their whole organization is able to turn the corner and also support Kyle now moving forward and get him the help that he needs. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it any better. Um, you know, that was, that was really said. I, I don't, I don't have really a response to be honest. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's a tough thing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I just, I hope we can all learn from it and I really hope the league can learn from it, including Gary Bettman, because that has been another area where some people haven't been too happy with what he's been saying, but kind of going off of that, you know, we saw Joel Quinville resigning from being the coach of the Panthers. We have a new coach down there for the interim now, Andrew Burnett. So I personally think that, you know, that the whole transition was difficult. And I think there was some legalities and why Joel Quinville did end up coaching that one last game behind the bench. Um, but as the Panthers, as a team, I don't think that this is going to change their play on the ice. I think that they're going to continue to be just as good as they've been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think also just like 
the people and players that they have in that locker room for what it sounds like and, and adding a guy like Joe Thornton. Um, I've actually gotten some inside information. I got to give a shout out to one of my really good friends, Chase Prisky, who's making his NHL debut in about 40 minutes. So I got to go watch that soon, um, which I'm really excited about. First ever South Floridian kid to play for the Panthers. So it's a really exciting uh, kind of moment. But he was he sent me a Snapchat today at lunch with Joe Thornton. I was like, that's cool. Like, I'm sitting that's on, my, unbelievable. Yeah, on my couch, like working and <laughs> You're at Joe Thornton about to play your first NHL game. Pretty sick. Um, but, you know, just adding a guy like that who, you know, similar to I feel like what Ray Bork meant to the Colorado Avalanche back in the day, um, just a guy who's been in the league for so many years and everyone just wants to see him win a Stanley Cup. I think there's a lot of rally around a guy like that. And then you kind of throw in Barkov, who's just like one of the quietest leaders in the NHL, probably the most underrated player in the NHL for a long time now. Um, you know, it just seems like they have all the right pieces and they have – you know, a guy like Duclair who's looked really good and their goaltending has been stellar. Like Bob, Sergey Bobrovsky and yeah. Spencer Knight, who could be, you know, the goalie of the future. Just you need a one, two punch to win the Stanley cup. We've seen it unless you're Vasilevsky and can do it all yourself. But, um, you know, the Panthers are going to roll. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Great core, great goaltending. And I've, I've been a fan of Spencer Knight since for a while now. And I'm, uh-huh. ex- I'm happy to see that he's doing well down there but a team that's really not doing well, the Arizona Coyotes, on the other hand, haven't won a game yet. Are they going to win a game this year? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I've, I, I watched them play, uh, what was it, last night? I guess Wednesday night against Philly. I think they played against Philly. I bet on them because I thought there was good value. And if you are a betting person, like you may as well just bet on the Coyotes every game until they finally win one because the odds are, <laughs> the odds are amazing, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. You know, I think... Toward the deadline, you'll see a guy like Phil Kessel get talked about. I think maybe they'll move him. You know, it's clear that this team is very young with guys like Chikrin and Clayton Keller. Um, you know, they're they're going to have to build around those two guys. They're not really going to draw free agents, especially. I think there's rumors that they won't even be playing in their arena next year. So, you know, that franchise has a lot to figure out. They'll, they'll probably win, if I had to pick a number, under 20 games this year. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. I mean, I think the best game that they played was against the Hurricanes on Sunday, and mm-hmm. that was a 2-1 game. They looked yeah. pretty good in that, but like it's the Hurricanes. They haven't lost a game this year. I'd like to see the Coyotes win a game soon. My good friend Matt McConnell is the uh, play-by-play there, so oh, really? I feel for him in this in this situation right now. I think it's it's a little tough for him, but I mean, he's a veteran, so he's been through it. I'll tell you what, I know we're about to talk some betting, and if I had to bet on the Arizona Coyotes for one game, it would be Saturday night against the Kraken. They're home against the Kraken. Seattle hasn't been that good on the road or at home, you know, for the matter of fact. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there could be some good value. They could be the underdog. We don't know the odds yet, but that's definitely a game that I have my eye on. I feel like the Kraken are a team that they could beat. Okay, what else this weekend? So what I have my eye on, probably a big matchup, that everyone should be watching. We just talked about the Panthers, but the Panthers and the Hurricanes are playing Saturday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. Two of the, I think the only two remaining undefeated in regulation, at least for Florida, uh, or not Florida, at least for Carolina, they're 9-0-0. Florida's 8-0-1 currently, although they played a night against the Capitals. Um, You know, two of the best teams in the NHL right now going at it head-to-head. Two of the markets that aren't very popular around the league, too. It's crazy to think (laughs) that. Florida is like 8-0-1, and they're still struggling to get fans at their games. Like, it blows my mind. Um, but Carolina has been steamrolling everyone undefeated still. Um, I did predict Freddie Anderson to win the, the Vezina before the season, so I look really smart in that area. <laughs> um, so I'm pumped about that. That's definitely a game that I have my eye on. And then on Sunday, 
you wouldn't think this is a really good matchup, but some, you know, two teams that I'm curious in are the Islanders and the Minnesota Wild. Um, I love okay. watching. I love watching Matt Barzal. I love watching uh, Kirill Kaprizov. I think Kaprizov is one of the most exciting guys in the NHL. So, you know, if I have to bet on that game, I'm going to go with Minnesota at home. Um, the Islanders obviously have been really good as of late, but they are not very consistent to start this year. Um, they've only been scoring a little bit over two goals a game. So I think Minnesota just has the advantage there offensively. So I'm going to go with Minnesota on home ice. I know you're not the biggest into betting, but do you have your eye on any game, any matchup? Well, I was going to say, I think that Minnesota is a smart pick for that game too, because the Islanders haven't, I don't think they've had a home yet home mm-hmm. game yet. So they've got to been got to be wearing from being on the road for this long. Um, but if, if I'm looking at games this weekend, I mean, the Panthers hurricanes game, I feel like you really just can't overlook that. That one's going to be mm. probably the game of the weekend for sure. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't bet on that game though. I wouldn't touch that game. I have no yeah, I, I, that really could go either way. Um, you know, I will say that the hurricanes played the Blackhawks last night. So that was Wednesday night mm-hmm. and they were down. I, they were down three goals. I was like, okay, the hurricanes are going to get their first loss to the Blackhawks of mm-hmm. all teams. And it didn't happen. Of course it didn't happen last night. Things, things fall apart for the Blackhawks. Um, I, you know, I think I'm looking at Saturdays. There aren't great matchups this weekend. There aren't any really that stand out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Leafs are playing the Bruins on Saturday. You know, that that could be a decent game. Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to look into it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But I think just knowing that the the Panthers and Hurricanes are playing Saturday is is the game to watch for me. So. Two months from now, we'll have you picking spreads and puck lines. And, and I, I, I need to be able to do it. Yeah. I, I got to do it for the people so I can get it, be more involved in that, that aspect of the sport too. And what's nice is that you're so fresh that everyone could just trust you because you have no bad track record. <laughs> you could get a, get a clean slate. You know, I will say that I gave a couple people betting advice on certain teams before the season. Just, mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say betting advice, advice for how they're going to be this season. And I did okay, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's a good area for me to grow in. <laughs> can I can I give you one tip though? Yes. You always win the bets that you don't actually put money on. So if you actually if you have a really good gut feeling but you're afraid to do it, those bets always hit. Okay. For some reason. Okay. It's just, it's just like God shoving it in your face that you're like <laughs> too big of a wimp to actually put money on it. Yeah, I I feel like. You're supposed to go with your gut. So why wouldn't you put the money on it? <laughs> yes and yes and no. I mean, I'm, I went with my gut with the Coyotes the other night and they lost 3-0. That's true. That's <laughs> but, fair. You know, I felt this was this was the night they're going to win. They're going to do it. Uh, but it didn't happen. Um, but I guess that's what's going on around the league right now. So we'll do this again next week and every week coming up after that. So Yeah, Johnny, um, I'm excited. This is going to be a good season. Yeah. Thank you for joining. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. And now let's send it over to Brandon Convery. Hope you guys enjoy. This week, I'm very happy to welcome on the eighth overall pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs in the 1992 NHL entry draft. He played for the Leafs, the Kings, and the Canucks. And I feel like we're friends now, so I'm really happy to have you here. Welcome to the show, Brandon Convery. Brandon, what's going on? Not much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I got to give a shout out right off the bat to Eric Weinberger. He connected us. Um, (laughs) You know, you guys are old friends, so if you want to tell that story quick or... Uh, how do you guys know he's each other? A, he's a big hockey guy, big union guy. So uh, I had a chance to spend a lot of time with him on the West Coast. And um, I know his kids are heavily involved in hockey. And and that's how we got connected. And mm-hmm. 
Um, he's been very successful in the sports world and, and, and running the NFL network and various amongst other things that he's doing. So great guy, great to help out and, and glad he connected us together. And speaking of uh, being involved in the game still, you're relatively involved. You mentor young players. What made you want to give back to, you know, the young hockey community? Well, it's, you know, it's always tough when you, you know, when you're finishing playing, you either stay involved in the game on a scouting or coaching capacity. Um, I started Podca- my own Or company. podcasting. Yeah, yeah. So, or podcasting. But um, I started my own mentor group. I did leadership seminars with some of the top players in the U.S. Um, and then from those seminars, uh, I had a private group of kids that I worked with on try to do some things that I would do differently. Maybe if I had the chance to do it over again. And um, from there, I would pass them on to various agents. And, um, you know, some of them are uh, playing in the NHL right now. So, um, you know, I kept my hand in it. And obviously now what I'm doing in the insurance side, it's uh, we're heavy in the sports world on the disability side and, and offering life insurance to a lot of pro athletes. So it's, it's good that I'm familiar from mm-hmm. that sense. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, are there any kids? I mean, you mentioned that you have some kids that you mentor that are now in the NHL. Any household names that we would know? Well, uh, Kyler Yamamoto in Edmonton. Yep. That's um, a good one. You know, yeah, he's done pretty well for himself. He just signed a, a new deal, a one year deal, I think, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a bridge deal. But uh, hopefully he can, uh, you know, have a great year and set himself up. He's a good young player on a very talented team, as we all know. So, uh, yeah. Spokane Chiefs, right? You got it. Spokane yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. yeah my, uh, American boy. My roommate from junior was a big Spokane fan because he grew up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So he always talked about Tyler Johnson and, and Yamamoto. He always yeah. skated with them in the summers. Yeah, correct. Yeah. He always brought that up. But yeah, he did train with all those guys who were on the West Coast there. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's right. funny too because uh, this is so off topic, but Coeur d'Alene, Idaho apparently is becoming like a really popular area for like retired athletes to kind of chill and hang out in. Yeah, it's part of the discovery property. So um, I, I know Gretzky and, and maybe some of the other guys have been there, um, but there's a lot of guys that, that uh, have places up there. It's a beautiful place. I've mm-hmm. never been there. Everyone said how great it is. Um, I've always stuck to Eastern Canada in the summer. That's <laughs> kind of our, our spot to go to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they, they do a great job. The discovery properties are phenomenal. That's, mm-hmm. that's top class. Yeah, you should definitely go. I went for his wedding. It was it was unbelievable. It was so nice. Yeah, I've been to the summit. I've been to the summit in Vegas. That's their other property. Um, Mm -hmm. And they they are top. That's that's as good as it's getting. Yeah, no, definitely. And I I do want to transition back to just how you kind of mentor players and everything. And um, I know you're kind of used to mentoring the younger guys, but I feel like when you look at the landscape of the NHL now, it's somewhat dominant by younger players. So I feel like for you, is there, you know, been any scenarios or any situations where you're giving advice to the older players in the NHL that are trying to transition and, and, uh, you know, rediscover their game in order to stay in the game? No, I haven't. I mean, you know, I basically just focused on, you know, my industry. Um, most of the times we don't get to speak to the players directly. It's either through their, you know, business managers or CPAs, that type of thing, or wealth managers. But, um, you know, the, the league has definitely switched. I mean, when I played in the 90s, it was a 30-some-year-old league. And, yeah. you know, there's a few guys that were in their early 20s. And now it's it's a young kid's game now. So, um, you know, I think the guys that once you're in your 30s, you're just trying to fit in and survive and extend a few more years uh, if possible. Yeah, It's I mean, a little it's- different. 
It's super crazy. And for me as a Ranger fan, like Alexi Lafreniere last week, you know, came out to the media and held himself accountable for not performing. And he's, he hasn't even played 82 games yet in the NHL. He's a number one overall draft pick. He's 20 years old. Like for them to put so much pressure on themselves, I'm sure you'd have like amazing advice for a young kid like that, you know? Yeah. It's, um, you know, these guys are trained pretty well, you know, nowadays they come into the league and, and they seem to be, you know, put together a little bit more than, probably when I came up in the, you know, early nineties, um, there's just so many people that are involved helping out. And, um, you know, uh, as we all know in the hockey world, what's going on now, I mean, there's, you know, you got to make sure you're saying and doing the right thing. And these guys seem to be mature in in what they're doing and they're obviously preparing them, um, the right way. So I want to go back to your playing career a little bit too, in the early nineties, what was your like pregame regimen? Are you drinking diet Coke in the locker room in between periods? I mean, now it's, it's ridiculous, you know, like it's just the stories I hear from the old days are insane to think about now. Yeah, no, I was all Sudafed and coffee back when <laughs> I played. So it was, uh, it was a little different. I mean, it's, everything has come so far so quickly. I mean, from, you know, from dietitians to performance, you know, these guys are in, in great shape. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we played, it was more you come to camp and get into shape. Training camp seemed to last a little bit longer before you actually played some games. Now they get to camp three days later, they're playing exhibition games. So it's, you know, they're, these guys are premier athletes and, and on the ball on everything. I uh, played for John LaFontaine uh, in junior, who's Pat's brother, and he told us mm-hmm. back in the day that you guys weren't even like training your legs, like no, no one even knew that, <laughs> like no one even knew like back squatting or front squatting yeah. was a thing. Well, I mean, I think I'm getting a little bit older, but I mean, you know, we, you know, personally, we trained hard. It, mm-hmm. You know, we we, uh, you know, rode the bike a lot and trained pretty hard. I think, but you know, it wasn't until after that, I think more the, the diet part of it kicked in and a little, maybe a, a little bit smarter training, you know, as opposed to, you know, the way we train with posture and things like that probably wasn't so conducive to how we're probably going to end up down the road. But these mm-hmm. guys now they got, they got so much help and so many resources around them. And I think financially, you know, they make a lot of money and they can source out those resources in, in order for them to perform at, uh, you know, the top of their game. So what were guys in your day doing during the summer? Cause now, you know, everyone's at Prentice in Connecticut. That's where, you know, all the, all the yeah. elite guys pretty much go, but you know, everyone's in the gym like six, seven days a week. I, I don't know what it was like back then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was similar. I mean, we probably had about 10 NHL guys from my hometown in Kingston that all lived there in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was hard. Um, Any familiar names? Yeah. Well, I mean, Gord Murphy, who's the assistant uh-huh. coach there now um, with the Rangers, uh, Kirk Muller, Doug Gilmore, yeah. um, Andy Sutton, um, you know, Brian Allen. Um, there was a lot of guys, um, but we all got together, Terry Karkner. So we all got together. We skated maybe two or three times as we got closer to training camp. Um, you know, obviously we're on the ice a little bit more, but it was tough. It was six, yeah. six out of seven days training. So like I said, I think what's changed is, is people have gotten a little bit smarter on how they recover and maybe, you know, when we were going at it, you know, it was, there were long days and not yeah. to say that there's not now. I just think they're a lot more informed and more efficient in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously with the recoup they're you know, they have a lot more resources to uh, get back at it the next day. Who are some of your favorite guys to hang out with outside of the rink? 
Uh, well, we had a pretty good crew in junior. I mean, Jamie Store, uh, Glenn Murray. I mean, we all live out in L.A. Uh, prior to me moving this past year. But, uh, you know, we all retired and um, those two are still involved. Glenn Murray's, uh, you know, I think third in command with the L.A. Kings. Mm. And uh, Jamie Store is heavily involved, um, owns a junior team in Ontario. Um, so those were guys that we played with together at junior and, you know, we remained good friends and Anson Carter was always on TV and we played the world juniors together and won it together. I'm always texting him and seeing what outfits he's got on there, yeah. and, you know, we can rouse him. So, yeah. but there's, there's a lot of guys and, uh, you know, it, it's good to run into them. Well, I know you're in Nashville now, and you were telling me prior to recording that you play in a pickup game every now and then. I think what was it 10 a.m. on Wednesdays or something like that? Yeah, there's a big group here. I mean, uh, you know, I didn't realize how many guys when I moved here actually live here post playing mm -hmm. days, whether, you know, they didn't have to necessarily play for the Predators. But uh, there's a big group. I mean, it's a beautiful place to live. Um, it's funny. Andy Sutton's from my hometown. I ran into him just around the corner from my house. And that's how I found out about the skate. So, yeah, every Wednesday, if you want to go they're they're there at 10 o'clock and uh, it's a pretty good following. Who are some other guys that you're skating with at that skate? Uh, JP Dumont, um, Ryan Smith, uh, Martin Erat, uh, Andy Sutton. Um, there's a handful. Is there hitting? Yeah. There's no hitting. There never was any hitting. <laughs> yeah. I was an offensive player. Hal Gill's out there. I mean, he looks like he could play today. Uh -huh. um, you know, he's a monster still. So, yeah. Is there any water on the bench? Or you guys just strictly beer? I'll tell you what. I, I, <laughs> I went, you know, I went out the first time. I hadn't put skates on since a charity event with Luke Robitaille. And then uh -huh. the guy next to me started talking to me. And I, I was like, but stop talking. To me. <laughs> I can't breathe. breathe. I can't yeah. breathe right now. So that yeah. was, you know, I haven't even been out since. So. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's so crazy to think too. And, and I actually, I got a text from a friend who works in the East, East coast hockey league this week. He said like, we need some roster spots. Want to come play? I was like, I haven't played in a competitive game in like two years. There's no yeah. chance I'm putting myself through that. Yeah, no, it's, I think hockey's like no other. I was just talking to Andy Sutton the other day and he said like, I, I hated days off when I did play because you take one day off and go back the next day. It felt like you took three yeah. weeks off. So it's, it's it's just a unique sport you can train all you want off the ice it's just there's nothing that compares to you know actually skating you know when you're on the ice i would say that all the time it's like this sport is the it's it's the hardest to get in shape and the easiest to get out of it yeah, yeah. no doubt no like, doubt I, i'm confident in myself like i play i used to play basketball growing up and i hop in a pickup basketball game now with my friends who play basketball for the last 15 years and i can still keep up but hockey like yeah. you know no. take a year or Good two luck. off yeah, oh my good God. luck. <laughs> yeah, it's it's brutal. So, uh, you know, I asked you some of your your favorite guys to hang out with away from the rink, but who are your, who are your some of your favorite guys to watch in the NHL right now? Uh, well, obviously McDavid. I mean, mm. you know, I, I mean, looking at the Rangers, I mean Fox. I mean, he's a pretty exciting player to watch. Uh, kind of reminds me of Zubov. That's kind of mm. you know my era. He was pretty shifty and crafty with the puck. But uh, there's some there's some great young players in the game and. Um, you know, it's fun, but I, you know, I'm still a little bit Sidney Crosby old school, you know, mm -hmm. but Connor McDavid is just, you know, he is fun to watch, whether you're an Oilers fan or not. It's just, how can you not like watching him for, you know, a couple hours? Yeah, I actually, I don't know if you are into sports betting, but I like to sports bet here and there. And I took the Oilers <laughs> minus one and a half tonight because I feel like McDavid's going to go off. 
Yeah, no, it's a good bet. Anytime he's playing, I, I yeah. would definitely put my money with him. Yeah, and he's the, outstanding. And, and the Preds are starting their like third string goalie, so I'm I'm really excited to watch what he does tonight. <laughs> no, he he'll probably go off for sure for a few anyway. Yeah, it's funny too that you mentioned Sergey Zubov because I think I'm actually I'm I'm pretty friendly with Adam. I talk about it every episode, but um, yeah, just you yeah. know give you a background. But I I'm pretty sure. Uh, Adam's dad, who was a Rangers season ticket holder, his favorite player was Zubov. So, like, yeah. to hear that comparison is so cool. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's a game changer. I mean, it's it's very rare to see that in today's game, a mm-hmm. defenseman to control the game as much as he does. So, I mean, yeah, he. You know, when I see him play, he's definitely. Zubov just didn't even move. He would make you turn and go the other way, and he would just still be there with the puck. I mean, he's. He's a he's got a bright future ahead of him. The Ranger fans should be very excited for you know many years to come. Is there anyone that you would compare yourself to in today's game, like style of play or even personality, from what you've uh, seen? I don't know. That's that's a good question. I don't I don't actually watch enough to, mm-hmm. to probably answer that. I mean, Steve Eiserman was my idol growing up. That's who kind of I mimicked my game after. Um, mm-hmm. My first NHL game, my first goal was against Steve Eiserman. Pretty cool. But, um, you know, guys like that were more my style of play. Um, you know, guys nowadays, there's so much, they're big and fast and skilled. And, uh, you know, there's so many good ones. I, I like asking, uh, you know, the older guys, if if you were to, you know, step on the ice right now in the NHL, like how many seconds would you would you last out there? <laughs> well, in the pickup game, I lasted twenty or twenty five. So that just should give you the answer. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It is like yeah. when you sit up close to it. Like I, I yeah. like to sit higher because I like to watch the play develop and yeah. stuff. But when you yeah. sit up close, man, like it is the fastest yeah. game. It's quick. It is so quick. I mean, you don't have to be a great skater at all to play in the game. You got to be quick. You mm-hmm. know. So, um, you know, that's. It's just you got to keep up and adapt, and uh, the game's changed, uh, you know, year after year. Um, and the ones that don't adapt aren't going to survive that long in that that atmosphere. Yeah. Who Who is a tough? I mean, obviously Gretzky's probably the answer, but who's like the toughest player for you to match up against in your day? Uh, Mario Lemieux, mm-hmm. hands down. I mean, Mario was so big and could do everything like Gretzky mm-hmm. could. Um, funny story. I mean, when we played my year, we played Gretzky when he was in St. Louis. Um, the following year he went to the Rangers mm-hmm. and the year before I was like, ah, you know, he's not, you know, he's smaller. He really doesn't get involved, you know, played him the next year. I think he had four or five points in <laughs> gardens. I was like, ah, oh, he's not that bad. He's still yeah. got it. But uh, wrong. <laughs> there, there were so many, my era, you know, it was almost, I was in awe of all the players, you know what I mean? You had Messier and, you know, these guys that you grew up uh, idolizing and getting to play against them, you just get, sometimes you get caught looking at them. And, uh, but Mario was just, I mean, he was so big and so smooth. It was just mm-hmm. so tough to defend against him. I was, uh, I'm from Syasa, Long Island, and I was eating dinner with my grandparents. They were in town, like visiting, staying at the Fox Hollow Hotel, like down the street. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm eating with them and I, and I look like behind them, and I see Ron Duguay like at the bar. Yeah, so yeah. obviously my mom was like, go order a beer and like just shoot the shit with him, try to talk to him. <laughs> so yeah. I order a beer and the person to my right, I'm starting to like, I'm talking to him and I'm like, these are a bunch of former NHL players. And he goes, yeah, like we're here for the Clark Gillies golf tournament. Yeah. So yeah. The, guy, the guy to my right, Mike, Mike Ruzioni, 
Yeah. And he goes, look who's walking in right now. And it was Mario. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, I was yeah. like, in, you know, shorts and a T-shirt and flip flops. I'm just like sitting there get, getting a Bud Light, like pretending yeah. to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know? he's well, I was a golfer in Mario. I, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I know, mm. you know, these guys are pretty good golfers. That's for sure. Yeah, that was the most starstruck I've ever been. Just like seeing him walk. Oh. Over. It was crazy. No, no doubt. That's yeah. uh, I mean, even for me, you know, playing, it, it would be. You know, that was a that was a joy for sure playing against yeah. him. Wasn't fun when he was making it look <laughs> bad, but yeah, definitely not. And uh, I, I want to go back to you and your mentoring a little bit. Mm-hmm. As a former first round pick, I know there's a lot of pressure now on these young guys to come in and, and be confident. You know, the, the first overall, second overall, whatever you want to call it. Like you know, guys yeah. like Capo Caco, Alexi Lafreniere. Um, you know, they're they have such high expectations right away. And, mm-hmm. you know, some fans get disappointed when they don't perform or don't have 20 goals. And, you know, they're 19, 20 year old kids. Like what advice yeah. would you give to those guys just as a, you know, first overall draft pick, did you feel that pressure when you were drafted right away? Yeah. I mean, I, I think Toronto's a, a tough market. Yeah. I mean, um, it was a little different when I played. I mean, it, you know, again, it was an older league. I mean, now these guys are, are, you know, walking in and contributing right away. Um, I think for those kids to be patient, um, you know, you got to understand these guys are used to having success probably from, you know, five, six, seven years old, all the way up. They're probably been the top player on their team at every age group. So once they get drafted and get in that environment, sometimes there's a, a few bumps where, Hey, there's some other good players that are around them. Um, and maybe they don't have that success that they're used to. So, you know, having that patience and surrounding yourself with, you know, some leaders that are going to calm you down and, and, uh, you know, just to remain focused and do what you do best. I think, like I say, I think now they're throwing them in, they're getting opportunities. I I think good players adapt quickly. And um, I think the organizations that succeed in that league surround their top players and to make sure that, you know, they're able to perform at the expectations that uh, everyone has for them. So, you know, I, I just, patience is a huge key and it's it's a you know that's not easier said than done right everyone wants to win now everyone wants to perform now and uh but uh hopefully you know drury's running the show there he's pretty experienced and had success and everyone talks highly about what he does away from you know away from the ice so hopefully they're they're on the right path it's also crazy like you know my dad always told me you gotta be the most confident guy out there like you're nothing without confidence and you know, you kind of see these young guys come in and maybe they're not that confident because they're not producing right away, but mm-hmm. you know, they have so much swagger about them, you know, when they're in the minors or, um, you know, go back to junior, whatever it might be. But, um, you know, for you, I know you touched on confidence in one of your YouTube videos that I watched, you talk yeah. all about confidence, yeah. how, it's, how it's everything. And, you know, you kind of see it now with the guys who are performing like Foxy, you know, won the Norris last year. And now he looks 10 times better than he did last year, just all the confidence. So yeah. How would yeah. you literally like put it in someone's mind to just go out there and like literally be the cockiest guy on the ice? It's such a hard mentality to have. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, again, when I came into the league, it was more, maybe I was in too awe of all the players around me. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, for these guys coming in the league, they have to believe in themselves that have certainty that, you know, I can play and can contribute. You know, there's a reason why these guys are selected as high as they are. Um, there's no secret. They probably have had more skill. They've, been able to put it together quicker than other kids. So, um, you know, you just, if you don't have the confidence in that environment, you're not going to last long. And um, I think teams are, have done a 
a lot better job at supporting young players, um, you know, in today's game so they can succeed. I mean, these teams have huge investments in these these guys, uh, you know, on a salary standpoint. So, you know, you can't have too many misses nowadays. Can you also believe like what the media has become? Like, could you imagine yourself today in the Toronto media? Like, it's insane. I know, no, because I thought it was <laughs> insane when I, I thought it was insane when I, I played there. I can't uh-huh. even imagine, you know, at New York and Toronto, uh, these type of markets. I mean, you know, there's a lot of upside, but there's also, you know, if you don't start out well, there can be some, you know, some holes to dig out of, and so. You know, I'm glad that, you know, they're off to a good start. They got some, you know, promising young players. And I think they have the right, you know, Gerard, the leadership there. Um, everyone seems to like him on other teams that played for him. And so hopefully he can continue to support the young kids and the Rangers can get back to the success they had in the mid-90s. Yeah. And I want to ask you about the three cities you played in. Like, can you rank them from uh, favorite to least favorite and, and why? <laughs> Well, it doesn't have I to be hockey related. You know, yeah. I loved uh, Vancouver is one of my, I mean, it's one of my favorite cities of all time. It's mm-hmm. beautiful there. And uh, I loved it. You know, listen, I, I don't regret anything. I mean, Toronto was not my favorite team growing up. I was a huge Bruins fan mm-hmm. as a youth. Um, wasn't a big Leaf fan, but it was kind of a dream come true getting selected. It's an iconic team. It's like yeah. the, the Yankees of Canada, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, and my, my time in L.A. was quick um, for from a playing standpoint. So but, you know, my children were born there. We stayed there for 20 years. You know, uh, my wife was working, um, made a lot of great friends. I wouldn't be on this show if if I wasn't there, yeah, you know, yeah. through Eric. So um, I don't regret anything. I mean, Vancouver, though, it's a beautiful city. And, you know, if everyone if you haven't been there, you definitely got to go there. It's it's a it's a great place, especially when it's sunny. When it's mm. raining, not so much. I've heard it's awesome in the summer. I would love to go yeah. there in the summer. I went in like March, yeah. I think, you know, like back in 2014. It was like kind of cold, but I could yeah. tell. Yeah, yeah. When it rains there, you not might not see the sun for a couple yeah. of months. Yeah. Definitely not. So, and if, so. so if you can plot yourself right now into one lineup, maybe not Boston because you kind of said you're a Boston homer. Yeah, no, I, I – no, I Oilers all day long. Really? They play with some of the, the talent that they have there. Man, oh man, that would be a fun place to play if you're an offensive player. But you want to I live mean, there? No, I, don't, <laughs> I, I would not want to live there. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, where would I want to live and play? I guess, yeah, like uh, you know, maybe I'll try. I'll try to pick a good age. Like, what? What? How old were you when you had your kids? Let's go. Let's go. Maybe 30. before you're married. Before you're married, yeah. and, and when you have kids, pick one each uh, each time frame. Well, I before mean, you're married, you're gonna pick Vegas probably. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, Vegas, they put on a great, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. everyone loves going there. They get yeah. everyone hung over and yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that'd be a great place to play just from every which way you look at it from taxes and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, listen, playing in New York, New York Rangers, just everything that comes with it. I you don't mean, have to say that because it's a show. No, now. but I mean, you know, I know. I mean, Toronto was kind of the Mecca of, of Canada. Yeah. I mean, if you're winning and you're on the Rangers, I mean, that's a, a pretty big thing, but love Chicago, another mm-hmm. great city. I mean, any of the sports fans, I didn't, it was so difficult when I went to LA, I got there, it was like flip-flops and board shorts were going into the form. It was like, mm-hmm. it was a hard time getting into it. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just, it was different coming from Toronto and Vancouver where, 
it's just hockey, hockey, hockey. And then you get in those environments, it's, you got to have your head screwed on a little tighter, you know, to, to perform. Um, you say courtside the Lakers game ever? <laughs> Not courtside, pretty close though. <laughs> yeah. So we went, we used to go to a lot of games when I first got there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun times. Yeah, um, I, bet. I mean, obviously we didn't make the playoffs then. We weren't very good. So uh, we were out early and going to other sporting events and caught a lot of basketball games. I'm a big NBA yeah. fan. I, I love yeah. the NBA. Yeah, well, your Knicks are better too. So I, yeah. you, you know, you know, Rangers and Knicks have turned around a little bit. Yeah, I'm hoping for another spring of '94. I've never been able to experience that. Everyone talks yeah. about how great it was—the Knicks in the finals, Rangers in the finals. I need that uh, in my life. I can tell you, my most vivid memory of Madison Square Garden was Ryan Vanderbush knocking out Nick Kiprios right in front of our bench. I think it ended Kiprios's career. Really? Like, that that is the most. That's my last memory of Madison Square Gardens, right in front of our bench. I don't know. You're maybe too young to remember Ryan Vandenbush. He was not a big player, but, man, was he tough. I don't remember him, but I definitely remember Kiprios. I mean, I'd never yeah. watched them play, like, obviously, but, you know, I've, I've mm-hmm. seen the name a bunch. Um, I guess any any other Madison Square Garden stories that stand out? That, that, that one, I mean – you know, the only time is the Maple Leaf Gardens was the last one when Gretzky was there. I told you, he lit us up. We had four mm. or five points. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think, you know, I had Messier out in Vancouver. It was a, a joy to be around him. I think it was probably a challenge for him. He was like 40 years old playing, hanging around with 28 yeah. and 25-year-old guys. But I can't even imagine how he was as a player even 15 years earlier because he could still skate at 40. Mm-hmm. So... You know, and Keenan and Brian Noonan, those guys all came to Vancouver that were part of the championship in 94 there. But uh, I'm sure you could tell or have anyone on here talking about Mike Keenan stories all day long. Yeah, no, I've, I've always loved hearing those stories. It sounds <laughs> pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, a beauty. But I guess what's your favorite uh, NHL story that you have? The funniest story, there was a player that played with us in Toronto that one day wasn't playing. He was a veteran player. I won't say his name. In Vancouver, you go out in the, on the visiting bench, you go out through the middle of the, of, the, of the bench, okay? Normally, you go out one end and go on mm. the bench. During the play, he, he was at the bar all day. So during the play, we hear this guy yelling at one of our players, like, skate, Freddie. It was Freddie Modine. Skate, Freddie. <laughs> I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> no, Freddie was on the, on the ice. So it oh, wasn't okay. Freddie that was yelling it. Okay. And all of us turned around all at once and we look at it and there it was he was the guy that was sitting out a veteran guy was sitting out that day but was at the bar all day and Uh came on the bench and started yelling at our own that's unreal (laughs) that would never happen in today's game i mean i mean people are like would that ever happen no i was like i was like where am i right now but that was a funny story but my you know obviously scoring my first goal was Mm -hmm. uh, the highlight of of my career. And it was against, like I said, it was my first game against the Detroit Red Wings, which Mm -hmm. my idol was Steve Eiserman. So, I mean, it was that whole day was, um, uh, you know, for me, it was a highlight of my career. Definitely. Who was in net for Detroit? Chris Osgood. Osgood. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's a legendary name for the long Island people. He was an Islander. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, um, that was, I mean, they, the Red Wings were so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was Fedorov and Iserman in those days. So um, there was a lot of good teams and a, a lot of fun teams for a young kid and that grew up in Canada to play against some guys that I idolized growing up watching. 
Is that goal on YouTube? I got to find that to post that. I can't find it. My kids don't even think I play <laughs> really? hockey. So I, I'm trying to find <laughs> stuff. I'm like, I, I can't even find it myself. I think my parents have it, you know, obviously at back home on video, but uh, mm-hmm. I have all my old jerseys. My, I haven't, I don't have any of them up on a wall yet, but I think I need to do that. Just maybe I'll prove to my kids. Yeah. I actually did play once upon a time. That's one more thing I kind of want your thought on too. I I absolutely hate it, but I mean I get why it's necessary. Like the iPads on the bench thing, like how players can like watch their like you're supposed to like yeah. put that behind you and go to the next yeah. shift. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like watch it in between it's, periods. Like it's just different. It's just the times. You know, so what I mean? micromanage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, in every sense. I mean, everything's in every sport. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. I like thinking on your own and, and reacting. And that's just a way of being the, the creative process of it. Some guys maybe needed a little bit more help. Um, generally offensive guys can see things that others can't, but um, yeah, these guys are well supported, mm-hmm. you know, and um, you should be able to adapt and learn pretty quickly with all the tools that they have and resources they have. Yeah. Before I let you go, is there anything you want to like plug or talk about? Oh, this is great. I'm, I'm glad that I was on. I mean, uh, I think it's great that you're still involved in hockey and, and uh, supporting the Rangers and providing probably probably have some great guests. Um, I know you're younger in your career at this, but what a, what a great thing for Ranger fans to be a part of and get to maybe learn. I mean, obviously, I didn't play <laughs> with the Rangers, but we talk about stories and things yeah. like that. We're all part of one big family, uh, the hockey world. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. It is. It is a fraternity. That's like the one thing I've learned my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your pick to win the Stanley Cup before you go? Woo. You know what? Are you say well, Toronto? I, I, I'm, <laughs> no, I am not taking – no, not – no. I'm going to go with the Oilers. Yeah. I'm going to see if they get over the hump. Okay. I don't know. But uh, Smitty, Mike Smith from my hometown is a goalie. Mm-hmm. He's the goaltender there. Um, I think they're like the Indianapolis Colts playing against the Patriots back in the day when they couldn't beat them, and then finally mm-hmm. they beat them and got over the hump. they got to – McDavid's got to have a breakout year. So yeah. uh, I think Tampa, I mean, I mean, to win again, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, you're going back to the Islander days of four in a row. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. So I don't know. It's I'll crazy that you Oilers. say McDavid's got to have a breakout year. He had like 100 points in 15 oh, last year. He's got to do more. He's <laughs> Not good enough. <laughs> no, no. High expectations. Yeah. We said high things in Canada. There's, we got high standards there. Well, he might break the 200 point mark this year. Uh, I know. That's incredible. Can you imagine? I mean, uh, I mean, the only other guy that I thought was the most talented player that I played with was Alexander McGillney. He scored mm. 72 goals one year. He was yeah, sick. That's insane. Didn't I he mean, didn't he do that like his rookie year? Didn't he score or was that uh, Timo? Timo early. had like 60 goals his rookie year or something. Yeah. Yeah, but Alex, that was early in his career. I mean, Pavel Bure and him. Wow. Yeah, McGillney was sick. I remember him on the Devils for quite a bit. Yeah, that was at yeah, that was at the end of his career. I mean, yeah. that guy he could do everything when he mm-hmm. wanted to. I mean, he'd show up, uh, he'd show up to morning skate wearing golf shoes. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he's just one of those guys. But uh, a lot of talented guys. We can go yeah. on and on. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming on, though. Definitely want to yeah. have you on maybe again if the Oilers are in a playoff run. We can talk. About <laughs> yeah, it. let's Love let's that. circle back on this. We'll see if I pick right. Well, it's all it's all recorded, so I got the proof. thanks a lot John appreciate it I want to thank Brandon Convery once again for joining the show I thought it was really cool 
to get his perspective on today's game versus the game when he played with the Maple Leafs, with the Canucks, and with the LA Kings. Uh, he's a great storyteller and just a great all-around guy, so really happy that he was able to come on. Um, I just want to thank him one more time. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. we got another one coming next week. Alexis Downey will be back on the intro to talk about everything going on around the NHL. If you took the bets that I recommended in the intro, please tweet at me and let me know if you're riding. I also post a lot of my picks weekly, Monday through Friday, on the Action Network. You can follow me on the Action Network app or just follow me on Twitter at jlazzy, J-L-A-Z-Z-Y 23 to get my daily NHL picks and best bets. As of now, my article record is 6-2, and two, so I'm feeling pretty hot, so hop on the train while it's rolling. Um, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and feel free to message me on Twitter or Instagram with any topics or questions regarding the Rangers or hockey. I love talking to you guys, as always. So talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.